0: Hey, Ron, I know we had such a great time with this next guest that we just had to ask him back.
1: Absolutely. I'm really excited. He decided to say yes.
0: Let's get to it. If you are like we were, stuck and searching... There is so much out there. We were searching and searching. So we decided to follow our passion of helping people achieve their goals, helping others that are feeling stuck. On this podcast, we plan to cut through all that noise,
1: give you actionable steps from highly successful people so that you can have better foresight through others' hindsight. This is Hindsight Hacking.
0: All right, everyone. We had such a great conversation with this next guest Uh, the first time around that we we just had to bring him back. So welcome back, the one and only Mr.
2: Aaron Yeah, Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: Aaron, I'm super excited to have you back. I know last time you touched briefly on uh, you and your wife's background in hospitality, um, and I think we talked a little bit after that interview how Corey and I both have you know, background in hospitality. What kind of brought you into this world from that?
2: It's a, it's a heavy question. Um, so yeah, we did come from hospitality and my wife is still in hospitality, but myself, you know, we were working in corporate hotels in Singapore, right? I was at the Fairmont, she's at the Mandarin Oriental climbing the corporate ladder from the outside. It looked very good, right? People thought you made it. You have the, the, the car pick up in the morning, you got the tailor-made suits, you're in the top of the building, everyone thinks you're you're on fire. I was dying inside. Slow death, right? I was unfulfilled, I was unhealthy. I didn't care about my work. I didn't care about what I was actually doing. I had no passion for what I was doing. Um, I enjoy serving people in the sense of helping them along with their path, yes, but I just didn't enjoy the whole robotic scenario that comes with working corporate and just basically having verbiage come out of my mouth that is predetermined and I can't change it. I can't think of my own, um, ideas and things. So we moved away from that. And we went into consulting into the Philippines where we were doing more boutiques and I was doing more nightclubs and restaurants and bars and hotels. And that was great. We met a lot of very, very nice families there that took us in and we helped them build their businesses and scale and we helped them a lot with their service standards and, and their staffing and things like this and lots of training. So that was very cool. Um, there was nothing wrong with that. That was a good time. Um, but it played its course, you know, we were there for seven years and it played its course. We enjoyed our time. Some things happened in the political scene that affected a lot of our investments. Um, the, the political scene was very hostile at the time in the Philippines, it still is. And it affected a lot, a lot of our investments and it affected a lot of the outside people that were invested with us, Europeans, North Americans, we were pooling money and, and building businesses together. And when the politics played a part in it, we lost some control over the funds. And, you know, it didn't end well, (laughs) I can just say that it did not end well. And when things like this happen to you, it really plays with your mind because you feel like internally I failed, right? Because I let everyone down. The buck stops with me. Like that's the mentality I had. And partially it was true. Partially it wasn't. But when you're in the position that you're in, you believe it's all your fault. You start playing a pity party and why did it happen to happen to me and all this kind of stuff starts happening. And when that happened, you know, I I started getting down on my luck and down on myself and, and I lost focus of what I really wanted. And I had to take a step back and I went inside and I did a lot of inner work. I started reading way more books, journaling, meditating, exercising, and I spent a few months basically in my own head alone. Let's just say that. Mm -hmm. right? My wife actually went back to Russia to visit her family. I was essentially alone and I just went inside and I just tried to internalize what had happened and decide how I was going to respond to it. Because until then I'd been reacting. I was in a reactive state and it didn't work. So I was like, how can I respond to this? Where do I want to go? What's the thing that I'm trying to create and move forward towards? And I realized a few things. One, I enjoy serving people. But my, my scalability wasn't there. I was on a tiny seven-kilometer-long island in Southeast Asia, right? right. I, w- I looked around, and I was like, what? There's like six people here. I can't – like how much impact could I possibly have, right? That, that was the first sort of light bulb moment. Right. The, sec- the second thing was I've always had a desire to go online and try to figure this out, this whole make-money-online space. But I was very comfortable in what I was doing at the time, right? We had multiple businesses, multiple income streams, right? staying in a beautiful home and everything was very comfortable. So, you know, when you're in comfort zone, you don't usually move that much until you're forced, right? right? So when this all happened, I basically forced my own hand. I removed all of my my income streams, essentially, and I didn't accept any more consulting contracts to go back into the consulting world in hospitality. And I decided I'm just going to try to figure this out online because I have a desire to do it, and I think I can impact more people that way. So like most people, I opened up my computer, I typed in Google, like, how do I make money on the internet? Right. Right. And I'm sure I can, without, it goes without saying, I can tell you exactly how the next six months went, like a roller, (laughs) 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 like a roller coaster. But that's how I, that's how I got online uh, to start with. That was, um, when was that exactly? That all, that whole scenario kind of started at very end of 2017. That's when that all kind of kicked off. Yeah.
0: I noticed that you have a 10 value statement that you lead or live by or with. Lead with value, don't compare yourself, and so on. What drove you to believe these, and how did you come up with
2: So when I went through that journey, previous to that, I had lost my my way with self-discipline and with inner work, right? Um, You know, everybody has their story about their life and everything, and I'm no different. Right When I was younger, I was a you know semi-professional athlete traveling the world on the Canadian government's dime chasing the Olympics, right? When I was in that part of my life, I had crazy self-discipline. It was insane, right? We would work out five times a day. I didn't drink alcohol. I, I went to bed at the same time every night. I woke up at the same time every day. We had trainers and, and physiotherapists and mindset coaches with us by our side 365 days a year. And that discipline was serious for me and I loved it when I went to college and then I went into the corporate world and then I went into consulting. That totally went away. I went the other way, the opposite way. I lost all my self-discipline. I stopped. I would say I stopped growing because I just got comfortable with making a little bit of money in my various jobs and stuff and kind of going through life and everything's kind of okay. It was like a fuzzy, Thing. And then when, when it all kind of fell apart there at the end of 2017, and I went on that inward journey, basically what I realized was that all the most successful people that I could see in the world, observing them, I could tell that all of them had crazy self-discipline, crazy self-discipline, all of them the most successful people I could see, I was looking like, what are the main traits that all these people have? And I started realizing like, okay, well they all, you know, do X, Y, and Z. And this guy does X, Y, and Z too. And this guy does too. And like, well, what are those things? Well, they all get up early or if they're night owls, they don't, but you know what I mean? They have a schedule, let's say that they stick on. A lot of people get up at five, right? These guys, um, a lot of them talk about reading, a lot of them talk about goal setting, a lot of talk about inner work and, and, and speaking the reality into existence and, and getting into understanding quantum physics and the law of attraction and actually using it, not just woo-woo sparkles, but actually using vibrational energy in your favor. I started realizing that all of these people were doing this, even if they didn't tell it publicly, right? Like, if you look at someone like... Um, well, there's so many examples, but if you look at someone like uh, Dan Locke, for example, right? Mm-hmm. When he teaches about closing and and the things that go into a closing call, or how to grow your business, at the end of the day, if you really drill down into what he's talking about, he's talking about the law of attraction. Yeah. Okay. At the end of the day, he's talking about harnessing energy. And being the best version of yourself and stepping into your higher self's power. Because all of us have two selves at all times, right? There's the lower self trying to keep you safe, living in ego, right? Living in your subconscious mind, trying to keep you alive. Don't want you to step out to your comfort zone. Don't do anything crazy. Just go through life. That's where I used to be. There's the other guy over here who knows that there's more out there for you. There's greatness all around you. You just have to step up and get it but this guy is fighting this guy because he doesn't want you to do it. So I realized even guys like Grant Cardone, who is the most egotistical maniac in the world. When you hear him talk, he actually talks about his goal setting practice. Mm -hmm. I've heard him talk about it. And when he talks about his goal setting practice, I'm not even sure that he knows what he's actually saying on a deeper level. He's talking about law of attraction stuff. He's talking about, the manifestation equation, he's talking about it. I don't know if he knows that because I don't know him, but from what I can see, he's all ego, but it's not to say that he doesn't understand how to achieve his goals, Sure. right? So he's using the equation, even if he's using it blindly. Donald Trump, great example, okay? Obviously, and I'm not, this isn't a political thing by any means, I have no opinion on that, but obviously the guy has not done that much inner work. I'm sure we can all agree on this, (laughs) right? Yes. (laughs) Yes <laughs> but 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 he knows how to manifest what he wants. He built giant companies, he married supermodels, he became the president of the United States, okay? He's using the vibrational law of attraction. He knows how to use this stuff. So what I'm getting at is when I went on the inward journey there, I realized all of these people that are super successful that have what I want that are there, that's what they were doing and it all started with a disciplined practice. So when you ask me my 10 things, you know, get up early, stay disciplined, you know, all of this stuff, live in love, gratitude, all that stuff. Those are just all pieces of the puzzle for understanding how to use the quantum field at the end of the day. Right. I actually have a list right beside me here. Discipline, wealth, love, abundance, fun, connection, commitment, um, expansion, stability, success those are the num- those are the words that i have written in my journal that i look at all the time all of those put together that's the law if you can follow all of that simple but i didn't know that until right. i went on that inner- inward journey i didn't know now i know yeah no that's yeah.
1: that's awesome i've actually followed dan Locke for a little while do you see he just mm-hmm. got a golden note
2: No, but I'm sure he did. Yeah, he has it in glass
1: and everything. He just got it. uh, Love it. He just posted about it, but uh, it was kind of interesting. But it was awesome listening to him and, uh, you know, what you said about just the inward journey and putting those into practice. You know, I think that's the hardest part. I think we all start, I mean, perfect time of year brand new year everyone's putting down wishes because they don't put deadlines to their goals so it's a wish uh, Yep, you know and then I mean I'll do it I'll say hey I'm gonna lose weight or I'm gonna do this or I'm gonna eat better or, I'm gonna work out but it will fall off so it's that discipline piece how did you train yourself with how'd you get your mind wrapped around being disciplined and actually living that
2: yeah so, first thing I can say is that we all fight with that. It's a daily battle. not a there's nobody in the world who has beaten the smaller self who's trying to stop you from doing stuff. It never, ever goes away mm-hmm. ever. So that's just the first thing. If you're listening to this now and you're like, "Damn it, well, how do I beat this guy? You can't beat him. You, you just all you're doing is outmaneuvering him every day. That's the first thing. Uh, a couple of things help me with this. Um, strategy wise, number one, I read a book. I cannot remember the author's name. It's a lady. She has a book called the five second rule. Maybe you've heard about it. The five second rule changed my life completely. Um, and it's simply this when you think of something you should be doing, right? Here's an example. Um, and this, okay, I'll, I'll do a real life example for me. I walk by my, my wife's yoga mat. Okay. And I look at the yoga mat and I say, you were gonna do a hundred push-ups every day. You haven't done your push-ups today. Like my internal dialogue is saying this. You haven't done your push-ups today. You need to do your push-ups. The maths right there, do your push-ups. Right. That's essentially your soul pulling you and pushing you in the right direction. Right. That's right. that's your higher self is telling you that's the move. Do it. But then your lower self is like, nah, sit on the couch, you know, chill. You you can do it later. You know, I'll do it later. Whatever, whatever excuse pops up, that's your lower self. They're fighting each other. It's like an internal fight. They're just fighting. There's a book called The Five Second Rule. The Five Second Rule states, when you hear your higher self tell you a command, when you're getting a download from the universe to tell you to do something that's in your higher good, you have five seconds to act on it before your subconscious, which is your lower self, kicks in and starts feeding you excuse after excuse, after excuse, trying to stop you. Approximately five seconds you have before your subconscious steps in and tries to stop you. So, simple theory, as soon as you hear that download, hey, you should be doing some push-ups. I just get on that damn ground, like instantly. The second I hear that signal, I take action on it. Or if you're sitting on the couch and it's like, you were gonna do, whatever, you know, I was going to clean the floor today or was, whatever the hell it is, you're going to do something. And you know how that feeling is. You're like, you you think of something to do. And then you're like, ah, I'll do it later. I don't need to do it today. Maybe tomorrow, whatever. It's just an excuse. It's just your subconscious trying to stop you from moving because it doesn't want you to die. If you stand up and you go do those push-ups on the other side of the room, there's a slight chance you might slip and break your neck and die. Your subconscious is trying to stop you from dying. That's its only job. Right? So, to keep you alive, not to stop you from dying. It's to keep right. you alive. Right. Keep, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I should clarify, I should clarify on that to keep you alive.
1: Right, right. Keep your
2: heart, keep your heart going. Keep the nerves going. Keep everything going. Keep, you, keep safe. you alive. Keep, keep you safe. safe. Yeah. So like I should go for a run. No, 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 don't do that. You got to go outside. You're going to exert your heart. You're going to be sweating. You can get run over. No way. Are you crazy? Stay inside. This yeah. couch is soft, man. Do not leave. If you just get up and go for the damn run before you can even start tricking yourself your shoes are on right so to your question how did i do it the first thing was that book i always try to keep that in my mind so anytime i hear something i try to act on it doesn't happen every time like nobody's perfect right mm-hmm. but i try to as often as i can if i hear that boom the second thing is i found that if you win the morning you've heard this saying i'm sure win the morning win the day mm-hmm. right if I get out of bed early, my wife can hear me talking right now. She's going to hold me accountable because I haven't run. For, <laughs> I haven't. I haven't run. I haven't. You run come bust your chops. She is. <laughs> that's, that's why. She, that's that's the the beauty of it. That's the whole. That's the whole thing, right? Right. I haven't been running lately, and I've been. I'll be transparent. I've been using an excuse. It's too cold in Europe. It's freezing out there. I don't want to run. It's bad for my lungs. I keep telling myself that. And then I look back in my previous life where I used to ski race full time. I used to run every day in minus 20 and then charge down a mountain at 120 kilometers an hour in a spandex. That was cold. Like, what am I talking about? Who I I can't even, but still my subconscious is trying to tell me that it's too cold. Anyways, I've been using it as an excuse and I'm going to stop. So if I win the morning, win the day. So if I wake up early and I go for a run, that's a serious discipline win, right? So when I come back from the run, my whole day is basically set up because I just won that. That was the biggest, that was the hardest thing I had to do today was get up and run 10k. That's the hardest thing I'm going to do all day. And it's already done. And it's not even 6am. The rest of the day is a cakewalk. It's easy. Throw anything at me. I don't care. I just ran 10 kilometers, whatever, you know? So as soon as you get back, you're just feeling like gold and the whole day is just a cake, a cakewalk. And it's really easy to stay on task. And plus, if you do run in the morning or do whatever it is, for example, for me, I like to do that—running or swimming. It'll help me with my diet because I won't want to go eat a bunch of chocolate because I just won't have the desire, right? Because I'm feeling good and vibrant, um, I'll want to stick on my my journaling and my goals and my reading and stuff because I'm having discipline from earlier. Because discipline is just like a muscle, right? The more you train your discipline muscle, the easier it is to flex it. So if you stay disciplined, I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can assimilate with this. If you've been out and about and you've done like a disciplined act for a week or something. All of a sudden the other things you should be doing kind of, you start doing as well. Mm-hmm. And then it's like a snowball effect where you're like, okay, I'm now I'm doing this and this and this and this, it's all, a, it's all a disciplined snowball of momentum and it feeds on itself. The opposite is also true. If you let the discipline slide, if you don't get up and do the run, then you go sit down oh, am I, I going to write my morning goals? Nah, whatever. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to start working. Okay, cool. Oh, should I do the thing I was going to do? Nah, nah. Push ups, forget it. Nah. All of it, forget it. Screw it all. You know, like that's how it is. But if you start the other way, it's momentum. Momentum works in your favor or against you, but either way, it's working. So for me, it was the five second rule and getting up early and exercising. Those are the beginning of my discipline uh, regime. Uh, that's awesome, Aaron. That's so many good nuggets there. Uh, switching gears just a little bit. So you you officially did all of 2018 and most of 2019 online. That's is that correct? And Completely, yeah. So I mean, how? Just tell us about that journey. Tell us uh, you you kind of alluded to the first six months, but uh, you know, kind of, where are you at now? Yeah, absolutely. So <clears throat> yeah, the first six months were very tough. Like any new venture, you know, it's it's a, it's a rocky start. I have an entrepreneurial spirit, uh, like a lot of you and your, your listeners all have entrepreneurial spirits. So we all understand the roller coaster of the life of an entrepreneur. So it didn't get me down. I knew that I was learning and struggling and growing and building a business and then it failing or getting into business with the shysters, the scammers or whatever. I didn't even know because I had a theory at the beginning. Now, I'm not saying you should do this, but this is what I did. I literally went into almost everything I got offered. That's what I did. I was like, you know what? I don't know anybody in this space. How do I know apples from oranges? I don't. And people are like, don't trust that guy. And I'm like, well, how can I trust you? Like, who right? Who, right. who maybe, maybe that guy is the nice guy and you're not? Like, right. how do I know? Right. I have no idea. You're just, you're just a digital representation of a human who's on the other side of a digital. We're not even seeing each other in real life here, right, guys? Like, this is this is light bouncing off your face hitting a camera going through a screen and digitally coming to me and i'm hearing it like who i'm seeing right now isn't even really you it's what my mind thinks is you right right like we're not even in real life here i can't even pick up your vibe because you're not even here so how can you really understand who you're even talking to i mean come on it's impossible so i went into everything and it was rough let me tell you because i got screwed a lot (laughs) uh i got screwed a lot but I learned my lesson each time. Um, I took notes. I had a, I literally had a black book of names of people that I just, well, am not working with that guy anymore. Nope, this guy's shitty too. Nope, that company was bad. Oh, this guy was very nice. Cool, add him to my friends list. Oh, this guy's very cool. Okay, put him in my group. You know, And I just sort of did that process for about six months. Um, the income was minimal. And when I mean minimal, I mean like a couple hundred bucks a week, sometimes zero, you know sometimes completely in the red. I lost tens of thousands in the crypto space at the beginning. Um, And basically what changed for me was I got away from looking for external resources to help me get wealthy online. Like where can I invest to get the best return or which group can help me grow the most kind of, not, that's not right. Which group can help me grow the most, which, which, platform can i get the best roi from that's i always had that mentality like i'm going to invest money and get something back right. when i switched gears to i'm going to invest money into me so instead of putting money into a platform that's going to give me a xyz return i would just start buying courses right and sell the courses so i would learn the course i would absorb all the stuff maybe it's about marketing maybe it's affiliate stuff maybe it's closing maybe it's whatever the, the plethora of things that we do online i would internalize it i would write it in my notes and i would learn this new skill and then i would go out and i would just tell my following i'd be like hey guys i just learned this cool new thing about whatever and you want to buy it 500 bucks <laughs> you know right, right and people would be like no i'd be like okay that's cool then i'd be like Shit, maybe i need to buy a closers course so i can learn how to close these people
1: right right,
2: right? So. So that's when I went and met Dan Locke and took that. That's another story. So, yeah, I went that way. I went from relying on externals and trying to invest for profit into investing in myself, getting myself multiple skill sets in various areas, and then reselling those as an affiliate um, for cash flow. I did that. And then I started focusing rather on trying to figure it all out myself to finding mentors and coaches. So I got very serious about my mentors and my coaches who I followed. Um, I got very serious about investing into their programs heavily, going all in learning, going to their events, getting to know them personally. Um, basically wanting to replicate their success. I found the people who have what I want and I just gave them money and I said, show me what you're doing. Right. I mean, I, I fast track it. And I've done that with multiple mentors now. And, um, yeah, now here we are, it's the end of 2019. Um, I'm quite comfortable now with my skill set. I'm quite comfortable with my my ability to create money on demand, which sounds crazy to a lot of people. But when you understand that there's just a simple formula in place, you can do it. You know, like I just had this discussion with my friend the other day. Like we're we we're gonna do a webinar, like not to date this, but in a few days or whatever. And and we're we're planning the webinar. We're like, oh, you want to do a webinar, bro? Sure. Like we're just gonna team up for a quick webinar together, but we're probably both gonna make five or ten grand on it. Perfect. And I could have never done that a year ago. I didn't even know what a webinar was. Now I can just reach out to somebody, make a quick joint venture, build a webinar that's tons of value, bring people to it, show them what we're doing, give them an option and go from there. That's money on demand. That's super powerful. And it gives you confidence because now I'm confident. I know that I don't have to go to a job and do some other shit that I don't want to do. I know it because I know I can simply create money on demand. Um, from various different avenues, whether it's a crypto company that I founded about education, that's money on demand, right? That's passive income now because the crypto space has so many scams and nightmares and I was in a ton of them. So I just said, well, let's just build an education company. So my three, three of my partners and I got together, we built one, education platform, that, or, oh, you want to do affiliate marketing? Okay, there's one over here, education. We can do webinars on all this stuff. So when you can make money on demand, it gives you confidence, makes you feel good.
1: Absolutely, you can actually change your your whole lifestyle and be yeah. able to not you take money out of the equation.
2: Completely. Yeah. Yeah. As, you- as soon as you take money out of the equation, sorry to cut you off. As soon as you take money out of the equation and you replace it with providing value, yeah, everything changes. You know, um, there's tons of famous quotes that you can go down the quote road with this kind of stuff. Uh, Jim Rohn and Tony Robbins and everything, there's so many of them. But Um, Jim Rohn has a really famous one that says, if you help enough people get what they want, you can have everything you want. And I did not know what that meant. I'll be honest. I didn't two years ago. I was like, no, no, no. I want to be rich. Yeah. I want freedom. I want this. I want that. What are you talking about? I don't got time for other people. Like that's what I was thinking before. Mm -hmm. Now, when I wake up in the morning, I literally don't think about what I want for the day. I think about how I'm going to serve my group and how I'm going to help, you know, people do whatever it is I'm helping them with, you know, and at the end of the day, the money just shows up. You you don't have to think about it. Yeah. That's amazing. So uh, what's your, what's your lofty goals over the next few years, uh, in this online world? Yeah. Good question. Um, well, I would like to be hitting, as far as financial goals go, the first and foremost thing that I definitely have in my crosshairs that I think about every single day that's at the top of my list, um, because for me it's it's a it's a leap. it's not a leap, but it's I haven't done it before in the online space since I'm new, right? My goal is to at Dan Lok's um, Inner Circle event that he has every year that I go to last year and I'm going to this year, my goal is to earn the six-figure earners award, meaning you've netted 100 grand in the year and in one specific area. So you know, one way of earning, not all of your income streams put together it's one specific way of earning it's closing deals for, for certain businesses. Um, I want to earn a hundred K for that. And I've broken it down. It's like, it's only 300 and something dollars a day. Um, and yeah, that's my goal. That's, that's my first goal that I have on my crosshairs every day. I think about that. I want to be on stage getting that plaque hundred K earner award with Dan Locke in January, 2021. Um, as far as, Loftier goals. We were discussing this earlier. My wife and I come from a hospitality background. So we would love to build a, no, we won't love, we are going to, and we will love having and owning an amazing wellness retreat in Northern Italy, probably Northern Italy, um, where people can come and enjoy wellness, uh, spa, hotel, boutique, awesome stuff. And then it can also double as a magnet for online entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs in general who want to come out and host their masterminds and also build amazing content because of the landscape, Uh, the vineyards, the pools, the architecture, the castles, you know, everything that goes along with amazing Italy. Um, I want it to be a magnet for influencers to come out and build their content. And I want people to do their masterminds there. And I want to be in a position where I can humbly serve them as their host. And of course, build some joint ventures out of it. (laughs) Absolutely. I I I plan on uh, coming when you open definitely you're sure. more than welcome yes. to come
1: well I appreciate the time Aaron thank you so much for joining us again um, is there anything you would like to leave our message or our uh, listeners with
2: yeah I would just I would leave them with the advice that I would give myself and it's very simple and it's how I build my new brand it's how I'm doing everything moving forward it's just to always stay in growth mindset always when you feel like you're down and out or you're struggling or it's not working or there's something that's just holding you back and you're just not hitting your goals or you're not growing to where you want to be. You're not there yet. It's easy to give up because of that lower self we talked about earlier. He wants you to stop. But if you're continually working on your self development, if you're continually reading and journaling and meditating and watching informative videos, listening to podcasts, if you're constantly feeding your mind, your higher self, is eating that food and it's getting stronger and it can beat your lower self. But if you stop feeding your mind and you stop growing, your lower self will win that battle. And in the end, it's not what you want to happen. You want your higher self to be the boss of you. So it li- it lives on personal development. It, it, it It's fed by personal development. So my advice would be to continue doing that. And, um, yeah, you can find me on my website as my name, and you can check out my podcast, Growth Podcast. Growth
1: Podcast, <laughs> it's it's amazing. So it'll help you uh, scale one to ten thousand a month. Um, so guys, please check that out. And once again, we thank you for joining us a second time.
2: Yeah, perfect. Thank you very much for having me, guys. I appreciate That'd it. Amazing. Thanks for joining
0: us this week on Hindsight Hacking. And
1: as always, our two takeaways from this episode. Have passion and focus in everything you do. That will get you through the low points. That will get you through the hard things. If you're passionate about something, it doesn't matter about these little speed bumps. You will get through that. And secondly, external things can negatively affect your mindset. So always keep that in mind. Protect the mindset. Protect your internal self and make sure your higher self is always
0: in control of you. Hey, that's great advice, Ron. All right, everyone. Please don't forget to click subscribe and give us a five-star review on iTunes. And while you're at it, tell a friend about the show. Be sure to tune in next week
1: where we will once again hack someone's hindsight. And remember, you're the best part of the Hindsight Hackers community.